All right. I am, uh, okay, the recorder is on take one whenever you're ready. Hey, I am John Hinkle with shiftprinciples.com, and you are listening to Varum Varum Veer with Jeff Smith. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I like it. Okay, I'm going to hit stop, and I'll be right back. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Joe Rome, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Beer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to have you. Um, you have an amazing resume, so this is going to be fun. I haven't had a whole lot of MIT graduates on the show, so thanks. <laughs> so your new book is called How to Go Viral and Reach Millions. So talk a little bit about what you've got going on in this book. It's a book about persuasion, right? It's a book about persuasion, and it's a book about how to get your message to break through uh, in this world where we are, you know, inundated uh, on social media, the 24-7 news cycle, cable news. How do you cut through and get heard? You know, it's like the Niagara Fall of Noise and I uh, (laughs) out there. Yes. And um, so I, you know, I have been blogging for 12 years and... Uh, have learned a great deal about what people will click on, what's what what grabs people's attention, okay, and what keeps it. And and as the phrase I like to use is being clicky and sticky. Right. That's what, that's you, what you, that's you, want. What you want. Right. Right. Okay. And and that's that's been the goal of marketing, and you know, uh, for thousands of, of years. Yes, thousands uh, and thousands of years. But now, because of social media and the internet, we have at our uh, fingertips uh, power to uh, do messaging and test our messaging and see what works and see what doesn't work uh, in real time. And the people who are doing that, they know what the winning messages are and, and people who aren't you know, availing themselves of the latest social science, the latest uh, 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 information about what goes viral and what doesn't, they're just guessing. And right, so I right. sort of like to say, you know, uh, if you're not in the realm of the people who know what goes viral, you can be sure your competition or whoever is competing with you for the job or whatever it is. There's no situation where it isn't a good idea to be clicky and sticky. I mean, if you submit your resume, stack of a hundred resumes, do I grab the attention? Do I keep it? If I go out on a date, you know, how do I be the person this other person remembers? So, Mm. you know, we're all, we're, and that's what persuasion is about. Ultimately persuasion is the ability to have your words be the words that people remember. Right. Uh, right. And it turns out that some people in our uh, government and definitely all over the all over the world are working on these techniques and they're very good at them. So if nothing else, we might learn some defense. 
<laughs> well, I, I, look, and I, and I, and I always say that, 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 you know, every tool that human, that humans have ever invented can be used for good or bad. That's true. You're right. Um, and it's neutral. so it, the tool it doesn't, is neutral. you know, and it's the same for language. Right. Right. I mean, you clearly have people who use language for bad purposes. Right. Uh, and you have, you know, your, your Jesus and your Lincoln and your Martin Luther King, right. you know, so we're not, uh, uh, it's important to know what the people who, who would like to, let's say, uh, manipulate you. Sell you something. Doing. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I think the big difference, of course, is whether we're going to use these techniques to persuade people of things that are true right. versus whether we're going to use them and, 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 and positive uh, versus whether we're going to try to use these techniques to persuade people of things that aren't true and, and might result in, in harm or something like that. So, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm a big fan of using this, uh, uh, using this techniques to, to tell the truth, to sell a good product. Um, the sell the truth. You really yeah. we're at this point now where we actually, uh, you know, and I know you're a big climate change advocate, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> this could be like some of the most important ideas to sell and for us and future generations of humanity. So it couldn't really get more important. Well, and that's how I came at this. That's how, right. even though, you know, I have this PhD in physics from MIT, right. um, you know, I, I, uh, my, my short version of my story is I, I had, uh, been working in the area of clean energy at the department of energy, solar and wind power. Okay. And my brother lost his home in hurricane Katrina. Uh, he lived in past Christian, uh, Mississippi and he, you know, wow. one mile inland, there was Oof. 20 feet of water, uh, right. that, that, uh, you know, turned the inside of his house to like, uh, you know, uh, the inside of a clothes dryer. And, right. um, so he actually asked me, should he rebuild his home? Uh, or were there going to be more storms like this coming? And, um, so I spent, uh, a, talking to scientists, going to seminars, reading the science. And I realized two things, one of which was the situation was more, you know, dire than I thought. But the other was, uh, scientists are not very good communicators. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Well, and, they're probably, you know, uh, good communicators. Yes. Um, also not really good at selling ideas or persuasion. Well, they're Did not you come out at, with that too. Yeah, I mean, look, and 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 we don't want everybody, you know, to study sales, right? I mean, obviously, we'd like people to figure out which medicines are better cures than other medicines, mm. you know, and right, which right. pollutant, which things are toxic, and which things are safe. So, but in that skill set, you don't learn how to communicate. And one of the things that I learned was that in fact I had been taught over the course of my PhD actually the worst ways of communicating mm, uh, okay. which is which is to use big words and use a lot of numbers and be literal and fact-minded uh, whereas we know uh, uh, if you study social science or just, you know, the history of communications that the most effective communicators 
uh, are the ones who tell stories, who connect emotionally. Right. And and, and by the way, this is this you know uh, uh, one of the things I like to tell people. This isn't like some uh, 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 you know radical idea. Uh, Jeff Bezos himself, in his 2018 newsletter to uh, shareholders, uh, said, "We have banned PowerPoints." At uh, <laughs> Amazon business meetings, that's good because people don't learn and remember things from bullets; they remember things from stories. So we're replacing that with five to six page narrative memos. Wow! Oh, that's awesome! And yeah, I was just awesome. And I so the you know this is something that the business community is definitely waking up to, and 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 so uh, what waking I, up to? Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, um, you know, I had certain clues as a story I opened the book with, uh, one big clue that I was doing it wrong came when my daughter was three and she started saying blah, blah, blah to me. <laughs> wow. And at age three, at wow. age three, you know, and look, she picked up a lot of phrases, yeah. you know, as kids do. So I had this view. Okay. She could repeat things she heard if she could if she used them correctly. So I asked her if she knew what blah, blah, blah meant. And she paused and said, it's when daddy says something that doesn't matter. <laughs> and I went, whoa, dang, she did know what it meant. So, That's you know, awesome. And then I was, wow. Check out the big you know, brain on the three-year-old. <laughs> well, and I, I caught on that, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's hearing stories round the clock for 10 years, right? That They can watch the same movie if you have a kid or you know kids, right, they'll watch the same movie 10 times in a row. Wow. Yeah, sure. So, and and as it turns out, stories are, we, we have relied on stories. Before there was written language, right, we had 100,000 right. years of developing language. And the stuff that survived, the stuff that went viral over time were stories. Right. The stories that got passed down in the Bible or in the great heroes journeys of the epic poems by, right. you know, the Iliad right. and like the, the oral tradition kind of thing. Something that somebody exactly. could commit to memory um, because of the structure of the narrative. Right. And those stories actually over 100,000 years, our brains, the modern brain neuroscientists say our brains are actually wired to, for stories. Right. We like to hear things in stories form and we like to tell things in story form. And it's, that's what we remember. Um, and so the key then became, uh, uh, how do I, what's the best way to tell a story? Sure. And what's, what, what is the form of a story that is most likely to go viral is most likely to draw people in. And, you know, the most, uh, the simplest thing that I have in my book, the thing that the most people tell me, oh, this has changed the way I write or speak, um, is this rule of replacing. Rule uh, of replacing. Okay. The, the rule of replacing. And it was uh, you, you, developed uh, by Hollywood screenwriters or put into language by Hollywood screenwriters. But it's been used, you know, from from Oprah Winfrey uses it. Mm. Uh, but it got, you know, Jesus used it. Lincoln, Donald used Trump it. probably uses it. In his Donald tweets. Trump. Yes. <laughs> and I, 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 in my book, how to go viral and reach millions. I, I, I talk about that. It's so this rule is very simple. 
you take your what you've written or you write out your speech and you circle all of the ands and wherever possible you to try to replace an and with the word but or equivalents like yet because you're trying to introduce the kind of conflict and narrative tension we expect in our best stories. And you're also then replacing and with therefore or equivalents like so to introduce the resolution of that conflict and tension. Um, This is the famous three-act story that goes back to, you know, the Greeks and and long before where where we lay out uh, uh, the exposition, (laughs) right? Right. There's the exposition, then there's the twist and then there's the, uh, or the problem that needs to be solved or the villain that needs to be defeated. And then there's the resolution. Um, and all the stories have that. And so if we give talks that are just, and, and, and they're like lists of bullet points, I did this, I did this and I did this. People do that. It's about as exciting as a shopping list. Right. And your three-year-old is saying blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Right. Or those old slideshows where someone tells you how their trip went. I went to here. I went to here. I went to here. You know, nobody, you know, we tune that out. Snoozeville. Right. Snoozeville. So (laughs) if you want to grab people's attention, you got to get very quickly these days to the uh, to the butt. Because, and as a salesperson, if you're trying to market something, right, you are fundamentally trying to sell someone a solution to a problem they have. Right. 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 You're, you're, the, 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 it's either a problem they have or it's a problem they don't know they have. But one way or another, I mean, <laughs> right. you know, look, modern making advertising. making them up now, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, modern advertising is like, you have restless leg syndrome. I, that was exactly <laughs> where my mind went immediately. Wow. You're like a magician. As soon as you well, said that, like, where they're making up you know, like, like diseases. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and, yeah. and maybe people, apparently people do have this. I mean, you know, I once had a girlfriend. She used to kick me all the time and wake me up in the middle of the night. You know, right. well, now I know, okay, some people have that. Sure. Now, apparently, I, there is a drug to sell you. But the point, or even, but it doesn't even have, you know, even Steve Jobs, if, you know, he created uh, a, ver- a variety of products that people didn't even know they needed. Sure. They didn't and know I, they wanted to have a music library in their pocket before the they didn't know, Right, because right. they didn't know it was possible. Right. Or, they, you know, or as you remember, he was mocked when he came out with the iPad. Okay. You know, and people said, Who, why, who's going to need this? It's not as good as a laptop and, and I still, or, I, or as small as a phone. Mm, you know, well, right. he, you know, and so the point is, yes, obviously there are problems you know that you have, like, oh, you know, I, I'd like to be more attractive, right, you know, right. I'd like to, you know, be better, do a better interview or, or, you know, write a better, uh, give a better speech. Um, and that, so the point anyway is I got to, I'm here trying to sell you, I've got the solution to your problem. So the problem is the, but, and I'm trying to convince you that I can solve your problem. I'd better tell a story of how I solved the problem. Ah, right. Okay. So that's the story. That's the equivalent of the hero's journey or, you know, the super, you know, when I, when I'm doing a branding exercise with someone trying to figure out where, what they're sell, how are they going to sell themselves as different from every other person trying to do the same sales? Sure. You've got to get that button there. 
You got so the question is, what's your superpower? What is it that makes you special? And what's the origin story? We never, you know, half of all the movies today are superhero are, stories. Yeah, there's there or they're a Disney princess movie, and the Disney princesses go through this, and um, uh, and this story is basically uh, I was once like you. Right. And then I had this problem. I hit a wall. Something right. bad happened. And uh, and then I I was lost. I couldn't figure. And then I decided I'm going to figure this out. You know, so it could be like someone has a divorce. It's usually like a big shock system. I got fired. Right. In fact, there's a great video I always send people to Um the, uh, a viral video that Steve Jobs gives to Stanford graduates mm. in which he tells the story of how he was fired. And people may not, younger people may not know this story, but at the age of 30, he was fired by his friends on the board right. <laughs> from the company <laughs> yeah. that he created. Right. Yes. I remember he, that. He it's in the tells, movie. He says this was the most crushing moment in my life. It's like my entire life had been building to develop this company, this Apple computer, and I did it, and here I am, boom. Suddenly, I'm fired from the board. My friends say, you know, you're making this place worse. Right. Wow. And it was like I, I just was about to give up. And anyway, he tells the story of how he reached bottom, and then he realized, but wait a minute, you know, I know one thing which I really love to do this innovation and the, the design and right. the, you know, and he said, ultimately being fired was the best thing that happened to me uh, because it freed me up from this path that I was on this journey that was really a dead end. And right. look, here's what I did. And then what did he do? Well, he launched Next, which was the company that became the platform when he was hired back by Apple for the modern Mac. But also he bought uh, a, a division of uh, Lucas Films. Right. Pixar. Turned right? into Pixar. Right. And he became, it became he reinvented uh, animated storytelling. Wow. And, and created some of the greatest movies. Anyway, so he just tells this story. But the point is, he also learned the art of storytelling. So when you watch him go on stage and sell the iPhone, right? where, where he, he doesn't even come out by saying it's an iPhone. He says, I have four great products. You know, it's a music library. It's, it's a communications device. It is a way of connecting to the Internet. And then he says, and I, you know, and then, and then he says, but it, the amazing thing about it, it's just one device and it fits in your pocket. Wow. And so, you know, and obviously he, he became turned Amazon into the most, the, uh, the, what's considered to be the most successful brand in history. Right. So, and now just, that he's gone, it's like, uh, <laughs> well, exactly. And, yeah. and, 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 and he doesn't, there's nobody there who is with the vision as, and telling stories. And so ruthless about the design has to be, you know, user friendly, right. you know, and, and if you have current Apple products, they're great products, but they, they clearly don't have the same thing. Um, right. And I love them. I'm, anyway, the point is that this works for anybody and you have to eventually you're, you yourself are going to have to create this story. 
mm. of of what what got you to this point where suddenly you're in a position to tell some solve someone else's problem. You're you're a mini superhero in the area <laughs> of this problem, right? right? And I'm right. not a superhero, but I do know how to take whatever you're writing or saying and turn it into something that can go that is much more likely to go viral that is much more likely to be yeah, grab people's attention and keep it there's like a format or a formula right that that if you use success if you use it you you're you're just increasing your likelihood of going viral right and 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 what i talk about in the book is this this is uh, you know, I, I go way back here. I actually analyzed the, um, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, I say, what's, oh, the wow. most viral, <laughs> okay. what's the most viral speech in human history? Well, you know, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, you know, there are five, 10 billion copies of the Bible published, you know, yeah, and then there are all the pretty people. Bi- that's pretty viral. It's pretty viral. And then, you know, and plus that's not even counting the people who just attend church and hear it, you know. So the point is, yes— um, but again, the Sermon on the Mount is not is a, is written in a form where there are ninety nine ands, uh, there's twenty nine buts, and thirteen therefores, and and that's because it was written. Uh, I mean, it was it was you know uh, uh, preachers are a classic example of people who better be clicky and sticky. <laughs> Right, right, right. Right. I mean, they're, right. they're speaking to a large audience. Yes. So, and they're they, trying to persuade. They're trying to persuade and and and, and tell keep a story, you, right? Yeah. Keep you and, interested. and so, preachers, Martin Luther King, Jesus, they they don't talk that way because they're trying to, you know, there's one reason, one reason alone, because over thousands of years. The preachers passed down the story traditions. They are the ones who had to learn this strategy because that was their entire, you know, success is based on their ability to grab a crowd and keep it and persuade it. Right. Um, so anyway, that's, 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 um, um, you know, I talk about that in the book and then, like I said, I try to get into these very specifics. What are they doing? They're, they're, right. what are the, like the rules, right? What are the rules exactly? And 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 one of the main rule. Uh, so rule number one, if you will, is you have to be communicating in story form. That makes sense. And um, the message you're delivering is in the story, and uh, the story is written in a certain form. It's you know it's got the you know like I said got the exposition. It's got the 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 but. It's got the turn, the twist, and then it's got the resolution. Uh, the other key thing about winning stories and winning advertising headlines is that they use the figures of speech. Okay. And, and so the figures of speech are things like metaphor and irony and rhyme and alliteration. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And, and, uh, but there's 200 of them. They're not really <laughs> right. taught. Right. taught very much anymore. Shakespeare, Shakespeare knew 200 of them. The, 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 uh, authors of the King James Bible knew 200 of them because back in, in the day, uh, the reason why, you know, the works of Shakespeare and the King James Bible are the two most memorably quoted works in all of literature 
is because the Elizabethan era was the height of uh, rhetoric being taught gotcha. and okay. the figures of speech. So the, the point is that um, the figures of speech are quite literally the memory tricks that the ancient bards used to tell their stories so they could remember a two-hour-long epic poem wow. and the listeners would remember it. Okay. And, of course, that's right. why mo- modern bards, who is to say songwriters, right? The, right? the most viral things there are today are pop songs. Yeah. And, and they'll stick it, in your head forever. <laughs> they stick in your head forever. And the number one most viral video online is still Despacito, more than 5 billion views. Wow. Uh, and again, these, these, this is the, the telling of a story using the figures of speech uh, rhythmically. That was the other thing that Rhythm, the ancients right. learned. Rhyme. That, that rhyme. Repetition. Have, rhyme, repetition, um, metaphor, all your great songs uh, are, you know, uh, are, are built around metaphors. Uh, in fact, in the book, I actually list like the top uh, 50 songs of all time, uh, most viral songs. And, um, you know, over and over again, these songs uh, are based on uh, metaphors. Um, and, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, I like sometimes talk about um, Katy Perry, you know, her song Roar, you mm. know. Uh, her song, uh, 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 Dark Horse, uh, you have uh, Taylor Swift singing Shake It Off. Um, uh, all about and, the bass. <laughs> well, all about the bass, exactly. All about the bass. And even the There's actually one, a real story behind that that I had no clue when I heard it. Which, which is? Um, well, the, you know... The all about the bass, all about the bass, all about the bass, no treble, is means that she's got a big butt and no boobs. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, right. So it's an entirely metaphorical song. Right, exactly. Um, and and yet, you you know, one of the most uh, widely uh, uh, downloaded songs of earlier era was Elton John's Candle in the Wind. Right. His remembrance of Meryl Monroe, which he then updated for Princess Diana. Right, but it totally but, worked. That that there's it, another rule it, out there. I can't remember what do they call it. It's like the thing where you change it. It fits this candle in the wind idea really well because it's like you want to change a thing minimally, right? Um, and yes, you, yeah, yes, right. And then and then that's going to be like a new thing and huge, right? But if it's a n- totally out of the blue innovation, people don't care. Right, and and right. and the and 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 that that is one of the reasons why metaphors work because they're minimally different. Right, it's like yeah, I mean, right. The, the, You're the laying reason, a, a thin veneer of new content over something that's old. Right, and no, right, yeah, and that's you know, wow. The, <laughs> why, why did I mean I I like to explain in the book. The book is a handbook on how to go viral and reach millions. And it, it's got a lot of specifics, as you know. But, of course, I tell lots of stories. Cause oh, you should. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that's part you know, of the deal. Right? Of a <laughs> book on, you know, and I try to also use some of the modern social science because some people, you know, want to know the why. Sure. So 
why stories and metaphors, why are they the thing that are so memorable? And the, the short answer is that um, our brains are the biggest energy consumers in our body. Right. And so we developed over 100,000 years all of these mental shortcuts for being able to not have to spend a lot of brain power figuring stuff out in, in important situations. Right. Right. So if you are like out in the wilderness with your group and they all start running in one direction, then are you going to sit around waiting to, for the thing to come that has scared them? Or might it be a good idea to just do what everyone else is doing? <laughs> you know, so if you I think wait you're going to be you're going to be having that thought as you're running. Exactly, because you're like, oh, why are they running? Why are they running? Oh, there's a lion. Now right. I see why they're running. Right. Too late. Too so, late. Right. Exactly. So there are many shortcuts we developed, and and people have written books about that, and I talk about about that a bit in the book. Yeah, those but, all become those uh, uh, biases that we have, right? Exactly. This is yes. the work of Dan Kahneman, the, right. the first psychologist to ever win uh, a Nobel Prize in economics. He invented behavioral economics, and behavioral economics is what are the th- ways – economics is built around the notion that people are rational, mm-hmm. but – Nobody's but rational. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And so what is the real world like? And that's what behavioral economics was about. So the, one of the biggest shortcuts, maybe the biggest shortcut for figuring out what I'm going to do in any situation is do I know somebody who w- – the story of somebody who was in that situation and got out of it or – didn't get out of it. What did they do that was wrong? They didn't get out of it. So stories, uh, we, we really want to learn stories because stories are the thing that helps us figure out this perplexing world that otherwise, like, why are we here? All that, you know, what, you know, wh- what are we supposed to do? It's not like there's a rule book. Right. But there is a rule book. The rule book are the stories that are passed down. And all of those stories, the ones that have morals, those are supposed to teach us lessons, right? right? And that's that was and the solve whole problems for us. Teach lessons and solve problems, and right. that's what stories have always been for tens of thousands of years. And that's why we are programmed to really want to have stories because the stories give us an arsenal of, okay, this girl smiled at me. What do I do? <laughs> Okay. Did I see? I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. Except I've seen, a, you know, a hundred movies and the people who did this, who stuttered and, you know, you know, you see it all. Right. And then, oh, I figure. And then you and then, of course, ultimately, we find characters that we identify with. Right. Right. It could be so, that. Oh, guy. right. Like the rock. He is cool. I'm going to be like him. Yes. Right? So I'll strike yeah, a pose and, and raise my eyebrow. <laughs> right. And so and so. The the we become a collection of stories that appeal to us, um, or sometimes, of course, we say, "Ooh, I'm not going to be like that person." Right. I don't want to be right. that so, guy. Right. But the point is, story. This, you know, because bad things happen to this person. So, we we have programmed our brains, and that's what metaphors are. Right. Metaphors are. Here's a novel situation, but I'm comparing it to something that you know. Like, okay, what is, how do I think about the complex concept of God? Okay. Well, okay. The Lord is my shepherd. 
Mm. Okay. I know what a shepherd is. Yeah, right. And and the most famous psalm, you know, the 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 is the 23rd psalm. Right. And and Jesus actually expands on that when he tells the story of the good shepherd, right? Good shepherd takes care of his flock. Right. You know, tends to them, doesn't abandon them, you know, shows them the way. There's so probably a lot of shepherds. Uh, that was probably a very popular uh, well, occupation. Uh, exactly. <laughs> All right. So therefore, a useful a metaphor. Of, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and of course, <laughs> metaphors and and stories uh, have to be modernized. I I actually tell uh, I sometimes tell the story of you know I took my daughter to see the Nutcracker Suite. You know, because it's every, uh, you know, it's the beautiful ballet and, you know, uh, young kids love it. They love the music. And then, like, at the intermission, she's like, so why is a Nutcracker such a terrific present? It's like, I've never, she's never used a Nutcracker in her life. Right. Right? So the point is, you know, we do mo- have to modernize these things. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and that's the opportunity, of course, for modern salespeople, right? I mean, we're, we're in the business of sort of modernizing things, putting a new gloss on it, and, right. and persuading Adding pe- that thin veneer of new content over stuff that's been around for 10,000 years. Yeah, or two thousand, and, and 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 that's another point of the book. I, you know, it, it, you can try to reinvent the wheel when it comes to figuring out effective communications, but it was figured out many centuries ago, right? And and you know, and then I talk about in the book. Uh, I quote David Ogilvy from nineteen sixty three, the considered the father of advertising, and he he just te- if, if you read Ogilvy, he just talks about. Uh, a lot of these things that the advertising industry figured out. And one of the things, and they figured out that you want to use the figures of speech because they are memorable. And so that's why, you know, 80% of advertising headlines have one or more of the figures of speech. Um, You know, and... There's lots of rhyming, lots of alliteration. Alliteration is like the number one thing. And, you know, you're... And, 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 you know, Dunkin' Donuts, okay, sure. that's, that's, you know, Chevy is well, like, well, you know, a, and what was, uh, um, uh, the Marvel guy, right? Uh, almost all of his characters were an alliteration. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Peter Parker, right? <laughs> right. You, well, you could yeah. go on and on and on and on and on. Clark Kent, Clark, Lois Lane, thank you. Lex Luthor. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I use that example sometimes too. Superheroes, they all have a brand. You ever notice there is no superhero that has infinite powers from day one, defeats everybody, and that's the story, right? Nobody's right. interested in that. Well, we, we you know, it's that's why Superman has always been a problem, really. You know, well, and that, that's why there's kryptonite. Right, exactly. Least. That's why there's kryptonite because you have to come up with some sort of limiting factor on that guy because he is literally all powerful, right? So if you don't have kryptonite, you don't have a story. <laughs> right. And so that's why there course, always has to be kryptonite in every Superman. It's always story, kryptonite, right? but of course he does have another weakness, which if you you know the uh, superheroes always have one more weakness. Okay. Which is they care about regular people. Right. And, and even the bad guys don't. Right. You know, so even though they're invulnerable, people right. they bad love guys to will be like, put in danger. Right. Go and drop that, of Lois course, Lane off a building. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's why the classic, you know, and again, so once you understand this, then of course the stories write themselves, you know, you need the origin story. How did the ordinary Peter Parker turn into Spider-Man, you know, and, and that's the same origins, you know? So anyway, um, the point is that these stories, as you say, so what we have here is a story. It's told in a certain way. It's, it's got a journey in it where people look. And of course, Peter Parker has to learn a lesson, right? Right. That's the other point. And that's, that's when that's his uncle p- gets killed because of his, uh, arrogance. Right. With yes. great power comes, comes great, great res- responsibility. Ah, so good. Right. So when I'm telling a story, right. And I'm as a salesperson, my story, if I'm trying to sell you a product, I'm not, I I can't come in and like say, I know everything and you should listen to me. Right. That that no one, we're not interested in that person because we inherently distrust them. Sure. Right. We want to know that what is the process that got this person from being an ordinary person like me into this mini superhero. Right. So that's the story. That's the hero's journey. And that's the story every sales, good salesperson tells. And whenever you hear the politician who came from nowhere, Abraham Lincoln, right? Grew Mm. up in a log cabin, never got much of a real education. Right. It's always the same story. We're always hearing how our politicians write. They came from the ordinary stock you know, right. first in my gen- first in my family to get a college education. You that, know, that's Oprah my, Winfrey. My, and, and Oprah is, is all over that, right? Right, right. So, and I don't want to make fun of it because the immigration, the immigrant story, is the classic American story, right? My right. parents came here; they had nothing, couldn't speak the language. They worked two or three jobs, and, right. and they were able to put me through school. You know, and I was bullied as a kid or whatever it is. Anyway, so so and again, that's and that was the other thing I kind of figured out writing the book was that uh, and I, of course, I talk about my brother, David, and 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 what he died uh, unexpectedly, my oldest brother, uh, right before I started writing this book. And I was planning I ended up having to plan his memorial. So I was reading all these eulogies. Uh, and I re- didn't realize how many people he had touched in his life. And and so the point is that, uh, and of course the word eulogy comes from EU, meaning good, you, as in right. euph- euphemism or, or euthanasia, or, and Eustress. logos, right. uh-huh. logos meaning word or speech. Wow. It's a good, good speech. Words. It's a good yeah. story. Right. Right. When when someone dies, we tell good stories about them. Right. right? Even, you, we don't even get if up. they're not a good guy. We, <laughs> right. Well, right. You know, we don't. Right. We don't speak ill of the dead. Right. That's Correct. the famous saying. And we right, right. and 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 we we um uh uh this is how we remember them. We remember them with stories. It's amazing. And the word logos is the powerful word from Greek that was in the Bible, the beginning of the book of John in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word word was was God. God. Yeah. But it is, but word is a very poor translation of the word logos. Logos is really more like speech or story. Wow. 
And the story is God. The story yeah. was God, and the story was also told by God. So, um, and it's and you know even that opening line, it's got the repetition. Mm. It, Beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So we're repeating word and God a lot. People are going to remember what two words: word and God. Mm. You know, and that's of course what the good news is, right? It's it's the good news. What's the word? God. <laughs> and, and, and 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 this is the um, uh, uh, it, it's the story, and 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 this gets to the word news, right? Because we want something new. Mm. So the story. We don't want it to be fake. No, we don't want to be fake. We don't want to be old. So it's a. Oh yeah, because new is embedded in the word, right? New is embedded in the word news, and of course that's where. Again, I was raised by a newspaper editor. It's it really was one of the reasons I was able to transition from being a scientist to being a writer and communicator because newspaper business is all about. I need a headline that grabs you. And then I need a story that pulls you in. Mm. So talk a little bit about like how, how, like, what do we do on headlines and Twitter posts to grab attention? Yeah, so headlines, headlines are just, the, you know, when people ask me, what is the single biggest mistake I am making in online communications? Mm. And the answer, you're not spending enough time on the headline. Right. Like your, your blog post title or your whatever, right? Yeah, because the headline, fundamentally... I can tell you, because I see all of our statistics, uh, and that's the power of the internet and modern apps and big data, uh, the average click-through rate on one of our headlines is maybe 4 or 5%. Wow. Okay. So that 1 in 20 people are not seeing anything more about our story than the headline. Right. So... Two things about the headline. And by the way, this is true of ad headlines. This is something Ogilvy says in his book from 1963. He actually says, he says one in five, only one in five people are going to read past the headline of your ad. Right. And he says, uh, uh, the winning, uh, a good headline will give you 10 times as much sales as a bad headline, which by the way is why he wrote 17 headlines for every ad. And of course they would test it was expensive. It took millions of dollars to do testing in the 1950s, right? Because you'd right. have to buy ads in newspapers or TVs or radio yeah. and run different cities or whatever. Uh, and it would take days or weeks. Now, of course, you can do A-B testing on Facebook. Uh, you can do testing on Amazon. It's Everyone's doing it. Right. You know, and, and And we do we do it. uh, But one of the points of my book is the basics of what you need to do after you do lots and lots of testing. You basically learn I need to grab people's attention really fast and I need to uh, be if I want something to draw people in. I have to um, I have to appeal uh, or spark an emotion. Mm. Uh, which are these emotions of sharing. And there has been this, a lot of studies, as you can imagine, by marketing and social science uh, and companies, what, what are the things that trigger people to share? And uh, it is cert- certain emotions uh, uh, in particular do it. And I talk about you know, the, the, the three main emotions, the three A's of uh, uh, anger, anxiety, and awe, A-W-E. Right. Okay. Uh, and anger is outrage. So we all know we get bombarded with posts. Can you believe what so and so did? Mm. 
and and you know it could be can you believe what such and such a politician said or did? We get a lot of those in our inbox. Can, okay, yeah. But it's also, can you believe what Kim Kardashian said? You know, sure. it's just whatever it is. Can you like, believe, right? Right. It's like, okay. uh, this is outrageous. You know, I'm outraged. So outrage, anger, this triggers a lot of sharing. Then we have anxiety. So this is another classic headline. The three foods you shouldn't be eating. <laughs> Right. You need to the know. Five, you need to know. Yeah. yeah. You need to the five things you should never say in a job interview. Right. Oh my God. Wait, I'm doing I what am I am I saying one of those? Right. You know, so this is a classic. The ten ways to have better sex. Everybody's yeah. gotta click on right. that. Right. So it can be yeah. done positively or negatively. <laughs> okay. Right. Um or ten things you're doing wrong that's turning your mate off. Right. Right. I, <laughs> right. I can flip it positive or negative depending on you know, and I can, the nice thing is, I mean, these days we, t they test who's right. Do I get, and maybe, and, and one of the points of testing, by the way, is maybe women will click on a different one than men will. Mm, interesting. Right. The men might be motivated by what they're doing wrong. Whereas the women, I'm just making this up, but it could be true. The women might be more motivated on what I should be doing better. Mm. Um, so anyway, the point is that's another reason we test is because there is no one size fits. Yeah, you know, and I, I've noticed something and I can run this by you. Like, I think for the longest time I was just putting out statements or bullets as, uh, as like Twitter posts for podcasts, right? Yeah. And I changed them because uh, I changed them instead of giving the answer, I started just making them questions. So instead sure. of saying yeah. like, this is, this is what the guy said, I would say, I would write the question that elicited that response. And that, that was a lot more click happy. Um, I remember, um, one of the questions was, um, why are companies like, oh, why are boomers afraid of companies like Valve and, uh, Zappos? Okay. And the question was answered in the podcast, but uh, I, I kind of like fire and forget a lot. I'm kind of like a bad Twitter person. Yeah. So I've got a robot that does this evergreen repost kind of thing. Yeah. And I totally missed this, but there was this really long conversation that I wasn't a part of because I wasn't paying attention between the guest and Zappos. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was funny. Yeah. So I, I went and liked it later, you know, anyway. Well, and, 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 you know, it's a good, what you described as a Twitter, I mean, a good headline is a good tweet. It's, okay, it's right, the same right, thing. Right. I mean, look, sure. I, 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 you know, Twitter, I'm, I, we get a lot of traffic from Twitter. We get a lot of traffic from Facebook. I get a lot of traffic from Google news and Google search. Right. That's so where you put you, your headlines, right? Yeah. And well, and, or ultimately Google, uh, makes the decision. In other words, you can put in, uh, you can do search engine optimization. You can put keywords in your headline, which you certainly sure. ought to know how to do right. if you're in the business. Um, but, uh, to actually if Google itself gets excited, if they think <laughs> that what you've written is clicky and sticky, right. then they're going to use it, stick it in Google news. Right. And, you know, for me, uh, Going viral means, you know, different things. Obviously, I'd like a high click-through rate of the people who come to our our news site. But I also want content aggregators out there or people with Facebook posts or 
big Twitter feeds to read my headline and think, oh, that's sexy. Right. If I put that on my site, people are going to click on that. Mm -hmm. And that's why the difference between a good headline and a bad headline is so radically different. Because if I can cross that threshold of writing a clicky and sticky headline, now a lot of other people are going to do my marketing for me. Right. Because you're, you're getting in, you're getting those share emotions and you know, you're invoking the sharing thing. That's, that's what viral is. Right. And that's just the same as a popular song, right? Right. It's stuck in your head, stuck in your head and you want to sing it. And then suddenly you're an advertisement for this song. (laughs) You're like, I'm singing it. Or I want to tell my friend this, you hear this great new song, you know, and, and, you know, sharing is, is a tribal bonding exercise. Interesting. Right. Yes. We are, we're sharing as a way of saying, affirming our tribe membership, right? Right. You're going to like this, right? I like it. You're going to like it. I'm outraged by this. You're going to be outrageous. I, I think love this. this. I'm awed by this. Right. 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 I, I, this is amazing. I, I, you know, I didn't know that a cat could play the piano, <laughs> you know, uh, right. And, and, and by the way, you, we go online, right? If, if I'm a cat person, I'm finding other cat people, right? right. If I'm a dog person, I'm finding other dog people. Yeah. You know, I've got nothing against, I, I like dogs. I'm more of a cat person. You know, I doesn't mean I don't like a cute puppy video, but you know, <laughs> give me a cat. Um, you know, the, the people would that you put a, a piece of tape that makes a square on the floor. I don't know if you ever saw that, but if you put a, a t- if you own a cat and you put a square on the floor out of tape, your cat will go sit in the ta- in the box. It's not a real box, but the cat doesn't know that. But it, anyway, there's all these videos of the fact that cats <laughs> will do this really bizarre thing. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. But, yeah, and again, you know, so, so and we wouldn't have known that if it weren't for YouTube. That's great, right? And 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 so we are so. What we're doing, that's called the social media for a reason. We are socializing with people who are like-minded, and we are finding out. uh, And so when we share, we're trying to do two things, one of which is we're trying to uh, uh, share an emotion, share a feeling that's mutual. And this is our way of of, – this is a bonding thing. It would be like – if someone were right next to you, you, you know, it's saying something nice to them or, right. you know, right. um, but it, the other thing it does, we're getting a little social credit as being cool if we're first. Right. Yes. Oh gosh. That's, that's, that's a huge thing. Right. So if I'm, and that's, by the way, that's true of every headline I write, you know, right. every the, the stuff that go, if you want to go viral, you want to be first. Right. No, you know, and, and, and so scoop. I have a scoop. And of course, that's uh, the only downside on the Internet is people are so obsessed with being first. They're not fact checking. Right. <laughs> uh, fact checking. What's that? People like, <laughs> I, I heard this guy said what? Right. Right. And I'm I'm spreading it around and say, well, it turns out he didn't quite say that. It was kind of taken out of context. Sure. And if you look at what real. But anyway, so, yes. And I'm trying to show I have a degree of coolness that I'm. Oh, you know, I'm cutting edge. I right. get, I, I know first that new song or right. that new video, you know, or I'm the first one to send you that, those two dresses, the gold, the gold <laughs> dress or the blue, you know, blue dress. The don't new even cool get, dress, yes. 
and so you know that's that's um or you know hey did you see the trailer for your, the next avengers movie whatever it is so the, the but but so this is as old as time right, right? that's why it's called the good news mm. right Amen. go back to where we started yeah I, if i have something new it is immediately of interest oh wow i haven't heard this before right. so uh, so again, this is what I'm, what I'm trying to be clicky and sticky is I am trying to, to promise you a story that one, you haven't heard before and B that's going to, uh, trigger that, that you're going to enjoy emotionally. Right. And hopefully and if share. I, if I can do that consistently, then I have a brand and you will come back regularly because mm, right. you know, hey, this is a guy, and like you, everyone has a like a movie reviewer they like, or a columnist, or a singer, right? Right. Maybe you like Lady Gaga, or a, blog, you a like, blogger, or a podcaster, or right. One, yeah, right, right. We because they have a voice that resonates with us. Yeah. Presumably, because some aspect of how they look at the world matches ours. They're and like again, me, right? Right. They're like me, and therefore. The stuff they like, you know, I don't have time. This is when I was marketing my, when I was thinking of how I'm branding my, my climate site, my job is you, you can't read everything on climate change on the internet. Right. 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 But I can, I mean, I can't read everything, but I can sift through everything and pull out the stuff that you really need to see or summarize it or say, this is a waste of time Mm. or say, Hey, this is a a great video. Let me do the work and I'll explain what it means. Right. So I become the one stop shop and, and, and most of the successful brands are people like Amazon. You don't have to go anywhere else. Right. I can I can sell you anything at a great price and get it to you faster and free, and and free right. Well, <laughs> once and, and that's the beauty of the the network effect, right? Is once I become good, uh, if I can beat people to the punch, and suddenly start to get an audience, mm. then more people are going to come because it's like, oh, if a hundred thousand people are here, then this must. You know, that's how I'm 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 figuring out, you know, that's the last thing we need to know as a tribal person. Right. If a thousand people, if a million people clicked on this video, then I don't have to worry. You know, I might be wasting my time. So we're always trying to get some piece of information that says we're not wasting our time by clicking on this link. Amen. And so if it's got a million likes or whatever it is, that's a clue. So again, um, anyway, as you know, you've read, you've read how to go around and reach millions. I, I try to explain the things that, that, that basically will work and make things more likely to go viral. And you can apply this to giving a speech and being remembered. You can apply it to giving, to writing a tweet. You could re- apply it to the subject line in an email or, uh, in a in a story you're writing or telling, so the book is called How to Go Viral and Reach Millions. How can people get best to get in touch with you? Well, the the easiest way to get the book, of course, is Amazon. Okay, and, and you 
go on Amazon and Google how to go viral. I've, I mean, not Google. I will but, link to it in my show notes. That'll be easy. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I advertise. I bought some keywords on Amazon to make sure that if people are like, "Hey, I heard something on a podcast once about uh, what was it? Go viral." Yeah. So you type in "go viral." I'm if I don't, sh- I will show up in the main one, uh, but I'll also show up in the sponsored content. Um, cool. So, um, so that's the, you know, that's the best, that's the best way. If you want to contact me, I do, you can go to the website rhetoric.com. You'll learn a little more about the book. Uh, oh, uh, but, but I, anyway, I just sent people to Amazon because why, why make them do another extra click? There you go. Perfect. Thank you, Joe. This has been a blast. I appreciate you hanging out with me. Well, thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.